Good morning and welcome to Winners One Live. I'm Chris Coakley, president of Search 365. And I just wanted to get a little time with you uh, on a subject that's been talked about uh, or I've been asked about a few times this week on prospecting. And so I'm just gonna give a little snippet this morning on prospecting. But first, let me say, I hope you guys are ready uh, for our Impact 2020 regional meeting and celebration, anniversary celebration in New Orleans. I am so excited about the opportunity to be back in the Big Easy in New Orleans uh, and, and to be at the Hara Hotel and to have the opportunity to spend some time with so many of you. Some I've recently seen in the Dominican Republic and some of you that I haven't seen in quite some time. I hope you are running like you can't believe towards getting that commemorative recognition at this event, getting your promotion at this event, making sure that you lead by example at this event. And what do I mean by lead by example? Win everything. Make sure that you get the recognition for bringing three new partners on board. Make sure you get the recognition for having 10 new partners in your team builder group. Make sure that you qualify for the VIP experience with 25 new partners where you're getting not only the recognition, but preferred seating and dinner with either myself or Scott Tomer, the CEO of our company. Make sure you win everything. Show people the most important part of leadership, which is to lead by example. And I hope I'm not, I'm going to just assume each and every one of you plan on being there. So it's going to be an absolutely incredible event. As we start to put together the training, this will be the most incredible interactive training uh, I think we've ever done. You don't want to miss this opportunity to skyrocket your business six months ahead of where it is right now in just one weekend. That's what you're going to have the opportunity to do at the Impact 2020 Regional Meeting and Celebration. So make sure that you're there, you're fired up, you're excited. It's going to not only be informative, but it's going to be fun as all of our in-person events are. What I'm gonna do really quickly and briefly is just kind of go through some of the, the structure of prospecting, um, just to remind you guys of just how important it is for you to just really zone in on communicating with people. It's not that difficult once you get it, make it your own and continue to do it over and over and over again. Most of you've heard me talk about prospecting. Most of you, just a few winners wins ago, I talked about asking for help and who do you know, being the two-fisted fighting position to achieve your goals and dreams. And, uh, and that's really what it is. And so now let me just get a little more detail. And let me talk to you a little bit about prospecting because here's the thing guys, prospecting is what we get paid to do. I mean, that's really what it's all about. You should be spending 80% of your time prospecting new business partners, prospecting. Now, I've gone through in other trainings the difference between prospecting and recruiting, and prospecting is finding people that you can share the opportunity with and getting them started, and then recruiting is getting them to, to the point where they understand and believe what we do that they'll attach their little red wagon of dreams and goals to it and run like crazy. So getting prospecting someone and getting them to the point of making a $79 decision 
isn't recruiting, it's prospecting. It all falls under potential business partners. Recruiting is when you spend the time and energy getting them through the trainings and teaching them the information until they get to the point where they're not in surge, surge is in them. And they're ready to run and give it everything they got to achieve their goals and dreams. So we're gonna focus primarily on some prospecting uh, this morning, is that okay? Okay, great. See, one of the keys to prospecting is first you gotta prioritize your prospecting activity so you maximize your success. So you just don't wanna be all over the place prospecting. You wanna prioritize because there are some methods that are far more effective than others. So, so when you start to pri pri prioritize, here's where you are. Your number one method of prospecting for every new person that comes into the business should be warm market. It should be anybody you know and that knows you. If they would recognize your name, that's part of your warm market. And so you want to make sure everybody makes a list of everybody that they know and that knows them. Because that's going to be your primary source of new business partners are people that you already have credibility with, a relationship with, people that believe and know that you wouldn't mislead them or, or, or scam them or rip them off. Because that's the number one concern of people when it comes to business opportunities. And that's why you want to be in your warm market. Now, in your warm market, guys, this is where your sponsor or, or team builder or regional builder or national builder or director is the most important. Because you don't want to be the one going to the people you know and that know you and trying to explain something new. Because in their minds, that means that you're not the expert. You're just getting started. This is where you want to be a great introducer. You want to be the one to introduce these people to whoever's going to be doing your training. See, in my family, I'm the youngest of four siblings. And although I may have had great financial success, I'll still always be the youngest. They'll still always look at me as little brother. And so I remember a commercial where they showed a guy standing at a car talking to his daughter before he let her drive for the first time. And when the camera panned from him to the daughter, it showed a toddler in the car. See, in his mind, although she was 18 and had a license, he still saw his little girl. See, guys, people still see you the way they've always seen you in your family. So if you were a little whatever, if you were a little pain in the butt, you're still a little pain in the butt. So you can't all of a sudden be the person that's going to lead them to the promised land with the business opportunity to become rich. Now, what you can be is a person being mentored by a person that you can introduce them to, that they will then look at that person as the expert. 
and hang on their every word. So first place you want to focus, warm market with someone else. That's the first thing you want to do. Now, the second thing is a new associate's warm market. So once you focused on your warm market and a few people say, I'm in, I'm ready to go, then your attention shifts to their warm market and you become the expert for them the same way somebody was for you. See, that those two places are really where you want to be. That's where this business absolutely moves at record speed. But if those two things aren't working, if you've already, you know, exhausted your warm marketing, you don't have any new recruits that warm market that you can help them in, then you go to referrals. See, that's where that punch comes in. Who do you know? Who do you know? Who do you know? And you go into a referral mode where you find out who knows someone that might be interested and making two to three thousand dollars a month from home part time, and you get those names that you can call back and share the business opportunity with. And then, if that's not moving like you want it to move, then you do third party centers of influence. Now, who are third party centers of influence? They're people who are pillars in the community. I just saw an article where um, pastors of the church were talking about how they're being incredibly burdened during these times by people who need help, people who need financial help, who need jobs, who need, you know, mental health counseling or help. See, when people need help, they go to certain people. More than anything else, they go to these centers of influence in the community. They go to the pastors. They go uh, to the teachers. They, they, they go to the municipal officers. They go to places where they can get help. They go and talk to their doctors and, uh, or, or they ask about programs from their lawyers. Or they, there's, there's just certain people in every community that people go to. You want to go to these people and let them know you can be of assistance. You can help. You can give people opportunity and train them and teach them how to be successful. So at the very least, you can assist with people becoming independent financially and being able to pay their bills. See, the beauty of our business is there's enough upfront money in, in the $500,000 bonuses and $10,000 bonus to help people financially immediately. And then there's an incredible residual structure to build up a residual income that could leave a legacy to your children's children. You got both. So you let those centers of influence know if somebody comes to you looking for a way to make money, send them to me. Let me help you. And give them a presentation and show them what to do. And they'll send you people that they get all the time. 
not everyone's just looking for someone to give them money. Some people are just looking for direction of where they can find work or business. That's where your third-party centers of influence come from. And then the next one is friendship farming. Some of you heard me talk about this before. This is where you literally go farm friendships. And how do you farm friendships? You start with something you have in common. I like to play golf, so joining a golf club wouldn't be a bad idea. It's one of the first things when I moved into the, this community, I lived in a golfing community, I joined the country club to meet people and build relationships and meet friends in the neighborhood. And the thing we have in common is we all golf. That's why we're members of the country club. Now, there are other different members of the country club. There's those that like to work out and they have classes for aerobics and all that. And if you like that type of stuff, you could go to those classes and meet like-minded people who like those type of things. See, it's about finding something you have in common and then getting together with those people. And you can do that in person or online. If you're a nurse, look up all the nursing groups online and join a few of them. If you're a police officer, join a few of them. If you like to play golf, find golfing organizations online, join a few of them. If you like basketball, find that. If you like football, baseball, whatever it is. You want to find people that you have a common interest because it's so much easier to build friendships when you start with something in common. I give you an example. You know, if you ever went out to a sports bar to watch a game because your team is playing, look how fast camaraderie is built when you're cheering for one team or the other. All of a sudden, all the people that are cheering for one team are on one side, and every time their team scores, they're yelling and screaming and high-fiving each other, whether they know each other or not. And then the other team on the other side, and they're screaming and hollering and high-fiving each other, whether they've ever met before or not, because they're cheering for the same team. And then those high-fives turn into, let me buy you a drink. Oh, man, this is awesome. And before you know it, you're in a mini relationship with somebody you just met because you both are, are share an affinity for that team. See, that's like, that's friendship farming. When you have that one thing in common, it allows you to skip a lot of steps in getting to know each other. Now you go back to those steps later if you decide to say, hey, let's hang out or let's have a drink or hey, let's be here next week for the next game or whatever your closing uh, uh, statement might be. But you start with a point that almost automatically builds some sort of connection. That's friendship farming. You want to do that as much as possible. And at some point in that relationship, share the business opportunity. That's all part of prospect. And then you got your cold market. You've got, when all else fails, you need to talk to everybody that comes within three feet of you. Everybody that smiles at you. Everybody, you want to start a conversation. 
And then somewhere in that conversation, you want to pivot to your business opportunity. So whether I meet someone and we're talking about the weather, we're talking about what a great day, we're talking about politics or anything, at some point I'm going to go, by the way, maybe you can help me out. Expanding my business in the area, looking for people interested in making an extra couple of thousand dollars a month, part-time from home. Do you know anybody that might be interested in you? See, at some point, I'm going to change the conversation by saying, by the way, and then I'm going to ask this person, who do they know? I'm not going to say, do you want to make? No, I'm not going to put them on the spot. I'm going to say, who do you know? And let me tell you what I found. Eight out of 10 times, they say me. But then they recruited themselves, not you. I just wanted your help, who you know. So you get great at that cold market. You get great at having conversations with people. You get great at once you start the conversation started and they say, me, you go, great, what do you do now? And they tell you, oh, I'm an engineer. Well, well how do you like that? What, what, what do you like most about it? And they say, oh, you know, solving problems or building or developing things. And you go, wow, well, let me ask you a question. What would you change about it? What would you alter? What would you improve if you could? Anything about what you do now. And they may say, I wish I didn't work so many hours or I wish I made more money. And now they just told you their hot buttons. They just told you how to phrase what you're going to phrase, at which point you could say, if I could show you a way that you could still be innovative and still build, yet make way more money and have more time to spend with your family. Is that something you'd be interested in pursuing? See, all I did was take their answers and feed it back to them. At which point, how could they say no? It's what they said they liked and would improve. If I wanted to take time to get to know more about them, I could ask some very specific questions. I can say, do you live around here? And they'll say yes or no or wherever they live. And then I can say, well, you know, what are the housing taxes like in that area? And if they know the answer, then it's likely they own a home. Or they'll come out and say, well, I, I, I don't own a home, so I'm not sure. Either way, I just found out if they own a home. See, I could say, what are the school systems like? Did your kids enjoy the school? At that point, I'm going to find out if they have kids. Because they're either going to say yes, they did. No, they didn't. Or my kids are grown. Or I don't have any. See, I just found out they own a home or if they have kids. And then I can say, well, does your spouse also you know, work in the area. And based on that answer, I'm going to find out if they're married. So you can ask questions that will lead you to everything you need to know about who you're talking to. Just casual questions. So just in those questions, I found out if they own a home, if they have children, if they're married. I found out what they do. 
what they like about what they do, what they would change. Guys, this is all about communication. And communication is all about asking questions. And if you ask the right questions, you can find out everything you need to know about the person you're talking to without them ever feeling uncomfortable or offended. Because I never asked them directly anything. I didn't go, are you married? Do you have kids? Do you own a home? I never did that. I asked questions that relate to the subject that any answer given would give me the answer without ever making them feel uncomfortable like I'm drilling them about who they are. Little techniques you need to learn if you're going to be in the people business. See, guys, I know we say travel all over the place. But we're in the people business. Travel is the easy part. Yeah, I've never seen anyone have to convince someone to take a vacation. If they can afford it and they've got the time, they're going. And sometimes they can't afford it. And they've got to take the time off, but they're going. So vacation is the easy part. It's the people skills that you got to become great at to build a business. Here's what prospecting is all about. When you say, well, Chris, what do I say? I'm not a good presenter. You don't have to be a great presenter. What you got to be good at is just tell your story. This is something you know because you lived it. Because people will make their decision based on your enthusiasm and your excitement and relating to your story. So tell your story. Now, what is the body of your story? It's simple. This is where I was when someone approached me about the business. This is where I was in my life. I was working a job that I didn't like, or I was working so many hours and had no time freedom, or I was working and working, but never had enough money at the end of the month. Whatever your situation was, you start with that. And then you talk about how you were introduced to the company and what made you join. And then you tell them where you are now. I'm in training. I'm being mentored. I'm a regional uh, a builder with the company, or I'm, I'm, I'm a national, or, or I'm a director, or, or, you know, I'm being mentored by uh, a millionaire or, or a very successful leader in our company, or whatever is going on now. I'm working on my goal to be this or to be that or to do this or do that, wherever you are now. And then you talk about where you're going. My goal is to earn this amount of money this year. Or my goal is to be in a position to take two vacations or my goal is to help people or my goal and you tell them what your goal is now. And then you tell them the story of the people you're working with so that they get a few different stories they can relate to. 
So not only am I going to tell you my story, but then I'm going to tell you a story of who I'm being mentored by. If it's a director, know that director's story and tell that story about that director and tell the story of, 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 of you know, your upline. If you don't know their story, then call them today and ask them their story and they'll tell you. They've, they've told it a million times. They can tell you without even blinking and get that down and then tell the story of the company. So that they realize quickly, this is not an ordinary company. This is a company of destiny. This is a company that's overcome a lot and is in position to do a lot more. This is an originator. This is the company that started the home-based business revolution in the travel space. This is a company that's paid thousands of thousand-dollar bonuses and $10,000 bonuses and even six one million dollar bonuses. Tell the story of the company. See, if you get good at being a storyteller, you'll move people. I mean, think about it. The greatest book there is, is the Bible. Now, the Bible could have been pretty simple. It could have been a few pages. This is what you better not do. <laughs> and this is what you better do. The end. And got right to the point. But people don't digest points. So what the Bible does is tell a series of stories that help you understand the point. Stories have always been the greatest form of communication. And that's why the Bible is full of them. Keep good at telling a few stories, yours, your uplines, the companies. And be, you'll be amazed at how people relate and they quickly form their story in your story and see why they should get started, why they should join you. And then you gotta have a recruit to recruit mentality. Guys, don't recruit someone to make a sale. Don't recruit someone. You got to have a recruit to recruit mentality. Your objective when you get a person is to help them get people and then help those people get people and help those people get people. Let the system do the upgrading and educating and training. Your job is to have a recruit to recruit mentality. And you should do it two ways. You want to go wide, meaning as many recruits are direct to you. I usually recommend a minimum of seven to 10. And in order to get seven to 10 key, you need to do 30 people direct to you. And then you need to help go deep, meaning help those 30 get their seven to 10 by going 30. And then help those get their seven to 10 by going 30. And then help them get their seven to 10 and go 30. You go, Chris, that's a lot to do. It's not a really a lot to do because it's only so much involving. Your real work is going to be in your first 30 that you narrow down to seven or 10. Then you'll just be support and the story they tell as they get their 30 and then their 30 and their 30. I mean, think about it, guys. You had a lot to do with having kids. Not so much with grandkids. 
They come when they come, then you help them develop. Mostly you spoil them and play with them. And then great-grandkids you have even less to do with. And great-great-grandkids you have even less to do with. So think of it the same way. Your primary objective is to have kids. The first 30, now down to seven to 10 kids. Then they'll have kids. They'll duplicate what you did. And their kids will have kids duplicating what they did. That's the mindset. And that's how simple the process is. Here's the greatest philosophy of prospecting you need to have. You gotta be willing to be bad at something for a while in order for you to get good at it forever. It's just that simple, guys. You just gotta push through the fear and you gotta practice drill and rehearse. I've been saying and prospecting the same way for over 30 years. And it's so natural and so roll off the tongue because I've done it so many times. So I know I can ask for help. I know, who do you know? You gotta get what you're gonna say. Cause I'm not saying you have to say what I say, but whatever you're going to say, you gotta make it your own. It's gotta be second nature. You can't be all over the place out there. You can't be saying different things to everybody because how do you ever figure out what's working and what's not? If every time you say something, you say something different, then if it doesn't seem to work, how do you correct it? How do you change it? Because it's already changed every time you say it. See, as long as what I'm saying works, I don't change a thing. I'm gonna say the same thing, no matter who it is. And if I see that that's not working, then I'm going to make a little adjustment to what I'm saying. And then I'm going to say that same thing over and over again until you get great at it. That's the key to prospect. I'll wrap up with this. These seven principles of multi-level marketing, you have got to absolutely embrace. This is the core of leadership. Not gonna go into great detail, but I'm gonna cover them. One, you gotta be an emotional giant. Whatever image you, you have is what will filter to your organization. This is why I say you gotta have a merger with your upline. Guys, you can't have battles. You can't have fights. You can't have disagreements and arguments publicly or that your team should even be aware of. We are people, we're going to disagree, but you can't be disagreeable because you will develop a whole team of people that disagree with everything. You gotta understand investment. In the beginning, we do more than we get paid for, but in the end, we get paid more than what we do. Guys, there's no better time than now. If you built a business, you should have learned through this pandemic whether you really built something or not. So yeah, the thing that I'm so blessed about is that this pandemic has pretty much restricted me to my home. I don't travel anywhere near as much as I used to. Uh, I went from traveling a couple of times a month to now three or four times a year. And yet I can still afford to maintain my same lifestyle. But I remember in the beginning when, man, 
I felt like I was working and traveling and everything. And, and I wasn't making anywhere near the kind of money. See, I invested in myself. Understanding this principle that one day I'll be paid way more than I do. You got to understand that duplication is the key. You got to keep everything simple so that it can be duplicated. So you can't go on your own personal business. So many people, they look at themselves and go, well, I could sell this or I could do that. Yeah, but is it duplicatable? You have to sometimes restrict yourself from all the talents and abilities that you have to what's duplicatable. I know I can sell. I know I can prospect. I know I can recruit. I know I can answer and overcome objections on the fly. I don't know how duplicatable that is in the beginning. So you keep it simple. You got to understand product movement. You cannot sell people on this incredible travel lifestyle and not travel. You got to use it. But here's the way to use it smart. Travel to the events that we set up so that you kill two birds with one stone. You travel the world while learning, training, and developing and building your business. Until your business is built and pays you what you're worth that you can now travel anytime you want. And money is no object. I talked earlier about this width versus depth. You gotta go wide and then go deep. But this tells you what they mean. See, width means wealth. Death means financial independence. That's 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 really it. You gotta understand the, the law of contribution. So many people are wondering why their life isn't where they want it to be. And it's usually because of this law that they were never taught and they don't follow. What we give to the masses is what we will receive. If we give the education of wealth, then wealth is what we'll receive. Sometimes you gotta ask yourself, what am I giving to the masses? And for so many people, the answer is nothing. And that's why their life hasn't developed to what they want it to be. Because if you're giving nothing, you get nothing. If you take everyone that's ever been successful, I bet you I could point out what they've given to the masses to get there. Whether you've given them the enjoyment of music or the enjoyment of entertaining or the enjoyment of a product or a service. If you sell me somebody who's wealthy, I can point to what they've given to the masses to achieve that position in life. So the question is, what have you given? And if you've given nothing, then you need to change that and decide what are you going to give and give it. It's just that simple. And number seven, personal growth. You have got to continue to grow 
as a leader. The minute that I know more than you, you're no longer necessary. So if you're going to lead, you must grow. We've convinced ourselves all the time that we're where we want to be or we're where we need to be or we're okay with where we are. But that can't be the case if you put yourself in a position of leadership. Because in a position of leadership, you must continue to grow emotionally and you must grow materially. I know it's sad that we live in a material world, but we do. You can't talk to me about achieving my goals and dreams if you're not achieving your goals. So start where you stand and begin the process to build. Because if you want to be successful, guys, and I'll end with this, you got to have faith and believe. You got to believe there's always a way to turn things around if I'm committed enough. You got to believe there are no failures in life. As long as I learn something, I've succeeded. You got to believe that God's delays are not God's denials. So you see, you got to believe the past does not equal the future. You, you got to, in any moment, understand you can change your entire life by making a new decision. See, we are where we are today because of decisions we made six months to a year ago. Which means the power in that statement is that I can change where I am six months to a year from now by making a new decision today. See, faith is to believe what you do not yet see. The reward for that faith is to one day see what you believe. Thanks for joining me on Winners When, and I'll talk to you next time.